Hello and welcome back to Henry Time Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Jim Florentine. He's a stand-up comic, he's a radio host, and he has a podcast on Barstool called Everybody's Awful. He's really funny, always funny. He was on Howard Stern's show. He's now on Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM, so if you like rock and roll, go check him out. He's a big metal guy. We talked some rock and roll. We talked comedy. We talked sports. It was a really good time having him on. I really appreciate him coming on. And now, a big announcement. I am now on Spotify, so if you just look up Hammer Time Podcast on Spotify, I will come right up, and I'm getting on Apple Podcasts soon, but in the meantime, I'm also on the Google Play Store's podcast, so if you want to listen to me on your Google device, you can do that as well. But yeah, I really hope you guys enjoy this new episode of Hammer Time Podcast, and I'm going to let Jim and I take it away. All right, let's go. And now for something completely different. All right, I'd like to welcome on stand-up comic and radio host Jim Florentine. Jim, how are you? Good, man. How about you? Doing good. Not too bad. Glad to have you on. Really happy to have you on here. Yeah, no problem, man. Like, you know, I saw the message you sent me and you were like, how old are you, 14? 17. 17. I'm like, you know, this kid's motivated for it. For a teenager to be doing a podcast and all that stuff. I'm like, I like that. I appreciate it. So, I'd like to start by first talking about, um, I was it your first real project was terrorizing telemarketers? Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much was. Like, you know, when telemarketers would call my house, I'd take record them and make up these CDs and just put them out there, you know. So, that, yeah, pretty much was my first thing that... So those really hit for my career. Yeah, so those came out in 2001, right? Yeah. I was born in 2003, so I actually had to Google what a CD was. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I love listening. I found them on YouTube. Absolutely hilarious. Now, that makes me wonder. The one one telemarketer, he was a banker, and he just called you a retard and talked about your mother... Is that the worst you've ever received on a, from a telemarketer? Is that the one that said he was going to uh, shoot me with a shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, guy. Yeah. That, yeah. Look, the whole thing to a prank call, and I've always noticed, to get under someone's skin, to get a reaction from them. Sure. You always, it always makes it better when there's tension on the call. Yeah. You know, so I always try to just push them, play like an idiot, and that guy just went off. I've and never seen someone like, explode. He wasn't happening. He was like, I'm going to come over there with a shotgun. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to blow your head off. And I'm like, this is genius. This is perfect. <laughs> so I was listening to one of your podcasts where you explained how it all started. And you were just doing this as kids with your friend, just prank calling people. Is that right? Yeah, we would just stay in and we prank call people all the time. You know, we're at, there's, there's, you know, there was no caller ID. There wasn't anything. You couldn't really get in trouble. Sure. And, you know, there's no way of really knowing that it was you unless you told them or they knew your voice. So we, we spent hours and hours just making prank phone calls. <laughs> so that brings me to my next point of you said you couldn't get in trouble because there's no caller ID. And you had your friend prank call his mother and ask what bra size she wore. What Was there any repercussions from that? No, no, that was, that was a different one. There was a girl in our class, seventh oh, grade. Oh, yeah. Who had, who had like 34 Ds, she had huge, huge breasts, so we called her and said, we found their phone number in the phone book. And, you know, you weren't sure back then, I mean, you weren't even born, but yeah. we had the phone book, we saw her last name, we 
sort of talent guard. It must be her, hopefully. And she picked up, and we just said, we're doing a national survey. We want to know what your bra size is. We're 12 years old. And she's like, you guys are jerks. And she knew it was, uh, it was yeah. me and my friend Tony. Uh, but the other one was, like, uh, uh, we, were, we were making prank calls. And can, can, I, can you curse a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Podcast? Whatever you want. Well, that, so... The, the call was, if, if a woman answers, no matter who we called, you just go, how big are your tits? <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't really that uh, creative. Yeah. And then I saw, like, my friend was on one phone and I was on the other downstairs. And I saw on his kitchen, we're at his house, I saw on his, uh, on his refrigerator, it said mom's work number. <laughs> and she was like a secretary. She's like a dental assistant, like a secretary there. So I knew that she was going to pick up the phone and I dialed the number. I go, oh, you do it this time. He had no idea I called his mom's <laughs> office. And she picked up, he's like, how big are your tits? She's like, hello, oh, is it Tony? And, then, you know, her, her son asked her that. And he freaking chased me. I remember he chased me out of the house or ran down. Like, I lived like 10 houses away. He chased me through all these lawns and everything. Right? He didn't catch me. So you, you prank called with your friends, but you also, you had a prank call with Eminem? Well, Eminem was a big fan of crank anchors. He, okay. You know, when he was on the air, we found out through the grapevine that he was fan and then all of a sudden he wanted to be on the show yeah i guess he watched it with his two daughters at the time i guess he has an adopted daughter too or something okay. so, he had, so he said that, that that was the one show that they would bond on yeah is watching crank anchors and that his daughter's like dad you should be on that show <laughs> if you're not on that he did prank calls on his earlier cds anyway yeah and then he got in touch his management said hey he wants to do calls and he wants to do them with that guy that does special ed and, and bobby fletcher and Next thing I know, like three days, I'm in a studio with him in Detroit doing prank calls. And he knew all my calls. Yeah. Like, he, he knew all my, my telemarketers. I had two or three telemarketer CDs out at that point. And he already knew. He knew all my stuff. <laughs> he was like a psycho fan when I met him. He asked me, how about this call, this call? I'm like, wow, this is weird. <laughs> so, we can talk a little music now. You're a big metal guy. Um, I had a couple music questions for you. So, when I was thinking about this today, you go through the history of rock and roll or just music in general and most people when they talk rock and roll they think 70s 80s and um early 90s so when they say like you have your sex party drugs rock and roll like trashing hotel rooms who in the modern day era of music that could be through rap country hip-hop rock and roll whatever who is the modern day rock star that fits the mold of the prime era of rock and roll music and that's a good question. Um, I don't know, you know, because I, like, I go to a lot of shows and yeah. you know, a lot of guys are sober and such a business. I'd say all the rap, the hip-hop guys are the yeah. ones, you know, that, that smoke weed and have these, you know, hot chicks on stage. Sure. Still have like, you know, like it's almost like a strip club atmosphere in their videos. Yeah. You know, so I, I you know, they're pretty much like the, the rock stars now. You know, I, I go to a lot of rock shows, and I go backstage, there's barely any alcohol there, and there's no real partying going on, there's not hot chicks everywhere, so, you know, um, I think it's probably the hip-hop guys that are, Yeah. I don't know any rock, I mean, Kid Rock, maybe, you know, he's like, you know, drinks whiskey, smokes weed, gets yeah. in trouble, <laughs> you know, gets gets on stage at his club all drunk and ripping apart people, so, you know, that, and people think that's outrageous. Yeah, and now it's totally... Because now yeah, I think of it. Movie yeah. On Netflix. And yeah. That, that, that was even tamed to what they really did. Yeah, well, I think of that when Axl Rose yelled at that fan. 
like then that was like that's rock and roll but now that's like look at this guy like he's just he's nuts he's just yelling at people like no one likes that now yeah you know it's with you know with social media and everyone in video yeah. games and everyone have an opinion now like it's you know you get some get something like that gets out there I remember seeing Stone Temple Pilots and, and Scott Weiland took like two hours to get on stage. Yeah. Like it was a big, you know, it was an outdoor venue. It was 17,000 people. They were headlining. And he just wouldn't get off his tour bus. He just didn't feel like it. <laughs> and then finally when he came out there, he was so messed up. Like he was trying to take his, he had a jacket on the first song. He's trying to take it off as he's singing. And it took him like two songs to get it off. Oh, because he was so messed up. And it was yeah. great. I love him. Like it's awesome. That's the show I'm going to remember. Yeah. So now that brings me to, I guess this could be the second part of that question. Who is your, like, quintessential rock and roll rocker? And Lemmy from Motorhead. Okay. It's a good pick. He's nuts. Because the guy never changed. He just said, look, this is what we do. We play rock and roll. And, yeah. You know, I'm not going to change my sound. I'm not going to put, you know, makeup on and, and pop, you know, and do my hair up and put hair yeah. spray in during the 80s. You know, yeah. everyone was supposed to be all pretty and stuff, and he was just ugly, he didn't give a shit. And then he would just produce his own records if he had to. Like, if sometimes they didn't have a, a label. They put out, like, 22 studio records, but there was sometimes in, like, the 80s when all that hair metal was real popular, that Motorhead was out of style, and it, whatever money they made on the tour, just put it right back in the recording album, huh. all back on the road. Yeah. So I just loved that the guy just, you know, and you just say, hey, man, I'm a rock star, and this is what I do, yeah, and I like to drink, it. and I like to pick up girls after a show. <laughs> That's what I like. And I like that about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, just being able to stay true to himself and never change, I'm sure that would resonate with people. So you both, you have a passion for both comedy and rock and roll. That leads me to this question. Would you rather sell out Madison Square Garden for stand-up or as a lead singer in a rock band? I'd rather do it as stand-up. Stand-up? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a big, that would be a bigger, I don't know, for some reason, I'm more into the, you know, the, the singing would be nice, but I think like, the stand-up would be a bigger goal for yeah. me. Yeah. That'd be like the pinnacle. Yeah, that would def- I would rather definitely do the stand-up. Plus, I can't sing. I got no musical <laughs> talent. I love the music. I just, I've tried over the years. I just got nothing. My kid's nine years old. He's a whiz. He can freaking pick up. He's writing lyrics. That's he's great. He's got melody. He can pick up, so, you know, he's amazing at it. And I'm like, I don't know where he got it from <laughs> because he didn't get it from me. He'll be on the radio soon. Yeah. So, speaking of radio, you do um, Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM, right? Yeah. So, how's that? How's um? Do you get to interview rockers on there, too? Or is that just you play, you pick a playlist, and then you talk? Yeah, it, it, you know, sometimes I could do I could do whatever I want with it. If I'm backstage at a show and I can agree with somebody to do a quick interview with me, I've had a bunch of guys on. I've had Alfred on. I had Metallic on. I've had Gene Simmons, Joe Perry. Really cool. So it all depends. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time I do it, uh, you know, if I'm on the road, I'm traveling, obviously not right now, but I could do it from my hotel room or wherever. So uh, it's mostly me with a playlist and, and talking in between, you know, every four or five songs for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, also on Sirius XM is Barstool Radio and Howard Stern, which you now work for Barstool, and you've been on Howard Stern. What's the Howard Stern Show experience like? What was it like? Yeah. 
you know, it was, uh, for me, it, it launched my career. I'll always be grateful to the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, like he was back in the day, you know, you weren't even born yet. Like when I first were on in 2001 is when he first played my telemarketer CD. Yeah. My career went through the roof and I got everything pretty much in my career from being on that show, you know, including the Crank Anchors gig and all this other stuff. So, you know, he had such a huge audience at that time and he was like, you know, if he, if he thought you were funny, you were... You were a made man, basically, yeah. in comedy. He was almost like the Johnny Carson. Like, if you could, back in the day, if a comedian got on Johnny Carson, it made his career. Yeah, sure. And, and so Howard Stern was more of like, okay, these guys are outsiders. They got a real edge to them. I like them, you know? Yeah. So he, 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 we, instead of us getting on TV, my act was a little too dirty and raunchy <laughs> to get on TV. But for Howard Stern, he loved that stuff. Yeah, so talking a little raunchy and dirty, you have Meet the Creeps, which was... That was just a DVD series, am I right? Yeah, we had, uh, me and my buddy Don James, we had a, um, a deal with Comedy Central. We were doing them on their, on their um, they, they, you know, they had an internet, internet channel, broadband channel. We okay. started doing them on there, these, bit, these hidden camera bits, and then they gave us a deal to be on the network. But we, we shot, like, a whole episode, and they wound up not picking it up. They thought it was too mean uh, you know, which... Yeah. You know, because we didn't do a happy ending at the end where, you know, we go, hey, we got you. Oh, where's the camera? Oh, yeah. like we just, Marge just ended, like it faded to black. And you're like, oh man, what happened? I always like those endings better. Yeah, it makes you think. So, but they, you know, at the time, whatever, it just didn't fit in with them, what they were doing at the time. So, but we did a bunch on our own. We did like three, three DVDs worth of hit camera pranks. And that's, you know, just on our own. It's funny now because... For a while, and it's still going pretty steadily on YouTube. Hidden camera pranks is like the thing to do. So, in a way, would you? I maybe you wouldn't want to say it, but you kind of pioneered the way for the hidden camera prank. I don't know. I mean, you look. You know what? That uh, uh, was a candid camera. Was it, that was a goofier version of it? Like that was a real clean, family-friendly thing. Sure. That was around for a long time. I don't. I don't know if we did, but you know, we definitely. You know, as far as what what me and uh, Don did is, we're like, hey man, we want to do something that's really edgy and really like wrong. Yeah. Like there's no like, uh, man, that's that's just how could you that just outrageous stuff. Yeah. So um, maybe we did that, but that didn't. You know, I, I wouldn't take credit for that. Yeah. The cursing video, oh, it still gets me. They go into the the wine store, like the the alcohol store and they just keep cursing at the guy and he doesn't know what to do. Oh, well, with, uh, with Jim Norton and yeah. Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did a one, yeah, cause we, we tried to get all our friends and we did one with Artie Lang and a bunch of guys. Yeah, we just had Jim Norton and Club Soda Kenny going to place and just keep cursing <laughs> the whole time. You know, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, stupid stuff. But in New York City, there's a million different places, a million people walking by. So, so it's a great opportunities. place to do hidden camera stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that was personally my favorite. That one really had me laughing. But so for you, it, um, what was your favorite, or favorite moment in either Terrorizing Telemarketers or Meet the Creeps? Like, which one was just, you can almost still laugh at it. Like, it's still funny to you. Well, there was one telemarketer call called The Record where I had the guy on the phone for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, where just, you know, he's trying to get through his pitch on his... Uh, on his pitch sheet, I won't lie to my teeth, keep going to walk. He's like the record. It was like a newspaper. He was trying to sell me. Okay. And it went on for 10 minutes. It's just nonsense. That, and then the hidden camera stuff. I think the one where, uh, 
I pretend I'm a comedian in a wheelchair and Don Jameson pushes me off the stage in the crowd. And... I don't know if you saw that one. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I pretend like I'm, I'm at an open mic. It's in Vegas, so it's one of those real high stages. Like okay. Those, you know, those real high stage yeah. Vegas, and I'm, I come out in a wheelchair at an open mic night. And I say, you know, I want to tell, this is my first time on stage, I want to do these jokes, and I start doing jokes, and Jameson's planted in the front. And he's heckling me after every joke. I'm telling really bad jokes yeah. my first time. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, leave me alone. I'm just trying. The crowd's like, yeah, leave me alone. He's like, it sucks. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a comedian. I, I'm funnier than you. I can do better than you. I'm like, whatever. And then basically I, I just give a cue. Like, hey, man, fuck off. And then yeah. he comes up. He, he throws me off the stage out of the wheelchair. I land in the crowd on the floor. And then he picks the mic up and starts doing material. I'm like, hey, so how about these getting slots in Vegas? <laughs> As I'm laying there, people don't know what to do. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> that, I um, I also really like the telemarketers one, where I don't know who the two other guys are, but you're calling about some warranty on your car. You say yes. The second guy says no. The third one says I don't know, and they get their manager on there and they're yelling at you. That one kills me. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was Don Jameson, my another comedian, Chuck Meganelli. Yeah, every time, yeah, I told him it was a car warranty, and yeah. the guy's like, uh, you know, um, do you want the warranty? I go, why have two other owners that own the car? Like, why would three people own one <laughs> yeah. car? It's so ridiculous to begin with. He goes, all right, go. Let me put him on the phone. I'm like, should we get the car warranty? I'm like, yeah. And then the other guy would go, no. And the other guy would go, I don't know. So every question was yes, no, I don't know. He had a manager gets on. He, and he gives us a countdown like we're choosing. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite oh, part. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> Ten, nine. Like and that. you're still going, no, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so my shows, we talk some sports too. And I heard you're a Dan Marino guy. So I actually wrote a new segment for this show called How Many Super Bowls Did Dan Marino Win? Zero. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. But um, you're a big Dan Marino well, look, guy. You know, you, the one thing about football is, you know, one guy can't win it. You of course not. No. You. Yeah. And look, look at the Patriots. The Patriots didn't, you know, those Super Bowls that they won, a lot of them, maybe they weren't great teams, especially when they beat the Rams. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, but they had great coaching, had great defensive scheme, whatever it was to win those games. So, you know, yeah, he didn't win, but what yeah. are you going to do? I was yeah. watching him play every week. Are you still um, a Dolphins fan, or you just a Dan course. Marino guy? Okay, I one, wasn't sure. One thing about me, when I, when I was a kid, I liked heavy metal, I did prank calls, and my sports teams I stuck with through thick and thin. I just stayed with it. I've never changed. Who are your other teams? Uh, at baseball, I like the San Francisco Giants. Okay. I liked them when I was a kid. I saw Willie McCovey. He was a first baseman. He was a lefty, and I was a lefty, and I played first base in Little League, and I saw him like on a Saturday game in a week or whatever. I'm like, holy shit, that's yeah. like, just my guy. So I just stuck, you know, so I just stuck with it. I always tell people I like heavy metal if you're young. Yeah. You know, like you're a kid. I go, you, you're going to like this music for the rest of your life. You realize that. You might, you might stray away from it for a little while. You know, but you'll come back to it, and you're always going to like it, and it's true. Yeah, and you've really built your, I guess you could say, your brand around your love for heavy metal, because I have a question here about, you've had a couple different podcasts, and um, all of them have been very successful and been high on the charts. What do you think that, what do you think you bring to your podcast that keeps people listening? Is it just 
do you have did you start a fan base from the beginning that follows you everywhere or how do you think you continue to be so successful in the world of podcasting I don't know I just think that I don't as a comedian a lot of comedians have a podcast where they interview other comedians yeah that's what most of the comics do and I when I started doing one I'm like I don't want to do that and then I said I also don't want to be worried about booking guests every week so let me just do it on my own I could do these rants about whatever yeah and I just basically went after like social media all the dumb stuff you see on social media <laughs> And then I would just tell people when I first started, hey, send something in. If you see something you think I would hate, send it to this email. And it just built from there. Yeah. You know, so every week I do something about, you know, like people are posting stuff on Facebook, making up lies, you know, how they pull the old lady from a burning fire to get attention, you know, those kind of stories. Yeah. You know, I paid for the three people behind me for their groceries, you know, all lies. Yeah. Just looking for attention. And shit like that. So I got, I got a wealth of material. And I think... People just like to hear just me going off on stupid <laughs> stuff. I love it. Like, I like listening to that stuff. I like a guy that's ang- someone that's angry sure. and there's some venom in there. It's just stupid. <laughs> you know, and, um, but, you know, it is, look, it's not a huge, it's, I'm never going to get everybody with the podcast where people, like, get it and understand and yeah. frustration. We love it. So, that's who I, I, I cater to. I don't try to cater to everybody, you know. You know, if I stop cursing or saying the C word, I can get more <laughs> listeners. I don't care. Yeah. But that's your style, and like, I guess like um, Lenny from Motorhead, you just you don't want to change. You started with a fan base, and you haven't changed since, which I think people really respect and gravitate towards. Well, the thing you know with podcasts, and it's like that was the one thing where there was no FCC, so you could do whatever you want, you could curse, you could say whatever you want. There was yeah. no rules, and then all of a sudden, you know, advertisers started coming in on podcasts, and like, well, if you don't curse. Then we could you can get some more ads. I'm like, why well, do you want to start this because of that? Yeah. You can't just go on regular radio then if you, if you want if you want a job like that. Like that's not what podcast is supposed to be. Yeah, and you talk censorship, and that makes me just wonder about. For example, you were on the Howard Stern show. That show, it's it's always kind of been like the bad like the bad boy show of XM radio. Do you think? Or has there been censorship from since you were there till now? Has it? Have they? Um, has XM maybe cracked down on censorship? Because I know when sometimes you say Howard Stern and people are like, oh, Howard Stern, like he's bad, you know, just because the language they use in the diction. But people love it. So what was the question? Do you think what is has the Howard Stern has XM cracked down on censorship on the Howard Stern show or any other radio shows? No, not not satellite. Satellite definitely has, and you know, my stuff, my stand-up gets paid, played on that Raw Dog Comedy Channel, and it's all, you know, cursing and raunchy and stuff like that. So they they never did anything like that, which is good because the FCC can't complain. It's something you have to pay for. So there's yeah. no there's no regulations with it. It's not public. It's not free. So you know they skirted that issue. So I love it over there. That's why I do the show on Ozzy Boneyard. I can curse if I want. I don't necessarily have to. But yeah. I can pretty much say what I want, you know, when I talk about the music and all that. So I love that freedom. Sure. So um, you talked, you mentioned Ozzy's Boneyard, and that reminded me. You, big rock fan, if you have to think of one song, and you have to pick this one song for the song that tells your story, what song do you think is the most, is your theme song to, the, to life, I should say, for rock? Uh, big Balls by ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cocky pick. Um, no, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
That's a good answer. I like that. That's a great answer. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a really good answer. I wasn't expecting that. Big balls, you yeah. But yeah, that um. You know, there's a there's a Motorhead song that I've always listened to when you know, it's a song called uh, "Don't Let Them Bastards Grind You Down." Yeah. And that was the whole thing, like who gives you know, don't let them fucking get to you. you know yeah. What I mean, whatever it is, who gives you? Don't let them grind you down. Just keep going. I always liked that song. That was the kind of one where, like, I get. Look, if you're a raunchy comic or you're edgy and you say some outrageous stuff, you're gonna get you're gonna get flack for it. Yeah. You know, so it's just like just ignore it. Who cares? Um, you know, you, you look. My whole philosophy was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna try. If I try to win everybody over doing stand up or whatever, it's just gonna be mediocre. I'm just gonna. It's just gonna be. You know, it's not gonna be that good. You're yeah. Gonna have to compromise from everywhere, and it's just gonna be just mediocre shit. That's what I always thought. So I'm like, I might as well. Maybe I won't live in friggin', you know, a mansion in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, but at least I could put, I could do what I want. Sure. Yeah. I hate doing stuff that I don't like to do. I'm sure whether it's very it's freeing too. Whether a comedy on stage or whatever, I don't want any restrictions. That's all I, I've always tried to live my life like that. Yeah, and I think that's I'm sure that's very freeing too to know that you're your own comic and you don't you don't need some guy up top telling you what you can or can't say and censoring you because it's your show it's it's what you created from when you first started and being able to stick with that i'm sure is just very rewarding no it, well it's like you know it's like the bands from uh you know the 80s after their heyday was over and grunge came in they didn't all the starts so you know started being grunge bands yeah. and they didn't do you know uh new metal when that stuff started coming around you know the lip biscuits and stuff you didn't, Motorhead never changed their sound. Metallica didn't change their sound. The new metal. It's like no, I just what I do. So because that's only that shit's only gonna last for a little while. So yeah. as far as comedy, whatever people were doing, okay, now I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. Well, that's it, it's it's gonna be dated really quick if that's the way you're doing it. That's funny because actually I think last week or two weeks ago I had another comic on Julio Gallerati and he basically said the same thing that his comedy style like he just wants to. He wants to just tell the jokes that he wants to, and he's not going to try to change into this comedy when this is popular and this and that. And I think it's very, it shows the type of person that you guys are, that you're just, this is you. Like, you don't need to be the most popular guy if that means censoring everything you say. No, but, you know, and then, you know, then there's a thing where people are like, oh, well, you know, they never grew as a comic, you know, they never... yeah. You know, but but then again, like you do, like you know, like at some point, like you, I, I know that, like I used to do fart jokes on stage, <laughs> I used to do fat jokes on stage, people being fat, yeah, and then you know, and, and say the word fag or whatever, and I just know, like people don't respond to that anymore, so you move on from it, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if I do a, like a fart joke 15 years ago, we always do, always get a big laugh. Now people just go. Oh. <laughs> you know, same with fat jokes. They, yeah. You know, fat jokes just don't work anymore unless you're a fat guy. If you're not, they just don't work. And they used to, so I just know, all right, I'm not, they don't respond to that, so I'll just move on. No problem, I'll just write some other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just going to keep doing it going, no, I don't care, I'm doing fart jokes. Yeah. You know, I, I, if they're not working, I'm not going to do it. I but there's that. other things I can talk about. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I really appreciate everything. That really ends up my questions. But I actually, I should say, I do have one more. Is 
you're famous yeah, sure. for your rants and your you're angry at this. You're not basically angry, but you ha you're very passionate on certain topics. The, the floor is yours for anything that happened today or this week that you'd like to get off your chest if you'd like to end on a rant here. Anything that happened. Um, huh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> what, what happened this week? Um, <laughs> anything big happened this week? I'm not sure. I sleep all day. And do homework at night, so I. I <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Well, look, I just hope that sports comes back. You yeah. Know what I mean, whether there's no people in the, in the stands or whatever, you know, um, you know, and people that don't like sports or whatever are against it. It's like, hey, let's just see how this thing plays out. The NFL doesn't start to a fall. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, people need that. People need it. You know, I, I I a few weeks ago I watched WrestleMania with my kid because uh, you know there's no other. There's no other sports on, yeah. and there was no audience there, but it was still good. It was weird at first. Yeah, I, I tuned into uh, so uh, it's well. just like you know. I, I don't know. I think people need it. I think people need a release. They need some something else to keep their mind off of shit. So bring the sports back, whether there's no fans there or not. You know, and and let these like NASCAR's coming back in a couple of weeks. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but I'm happy it is. Yeah, it's, it gives you hope. You know, at least. So, uh, you know, look, these guys make a lot of. If I'm work, if I'm getting twenty million dollars to be a football player, I'll take my chances. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not going to risk it putting a guy out there that's got the virus on the field. So yeah. I'm going to risk it. So you're not going to get twenty million. No, I'll, I'll risk it. <laughs> so that's worth it. That's what I'm hoping happens. I just wish that everyone, you know, as, as long as like the commissioner, like the, don't don't listen to the people freaking out online. Like as long as you don't go to Twitter and listen to people bitch. Yeah. Just make up your own mind, because Twitter's not the real world. No, far from it. You know, and the, but the people like go on Twitter are just a bunch of babies that just, you know, <laughs> are uptight about everything. And if you listen to them, you'll never fucking do anything in your life. Yeah. So just ignore it. No, yeah, so, that's, that's, that's good advice, too, because Twitter can be terrible some days. It's awful. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's basically like, you know, it's like an old school message board where people just go on there and just tear things apart yeah. constantly. There's no, there's no positivity on, on Twitter. It's just everybody bitching, everybody with their politics and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I try to stay off it as much as possible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that really wraps it up here. Um, I'd like to give you some time to shout anything out if you'd like to. Um, no, just, you know, I got a podcast every uh, Monday and Thursday on Barstool Sports called Everybody is Awful. So if you listen to podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to them, you can pick it up. It's two episodes a week and they're free. Yeah. All right. Well, I... That's about it. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on, Jim. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem at all. Yeah. I'm glad I can, uh, I can do it for you. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, and I'll, um, you know, we Send me the link or whatever when uh, it's up or whatever, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it up somewhere. Awesome. I will do that. Thank you so much, Jim. All right, cool, man. Good talking to you. Yeah, you too. It was a great time. All right. All right, and there was my interview with Jim Florentine from Barstool's Everybody is Awful Except You and his numerous other podcasts along with his radio show on Ozzy's Boneyard. I really appreciate him coming on. It was a really good time, and... Yeah, if you guys want, go check out his Twitter and Instagram. His Twitter is Mr. Jim Florentine, and his Instagram is just Jim Florentine. Go like all of his stuff, listen to his podcast, tell him Hammer Time sent you. 
I appreciate you guys all listening. And check me out on Spotify, too, at Hammer Time Podcast. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks, everybody. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to stay right here. Forever and ever. We can't We ain't going nowhere. We're going to stay right here.